What is going on, guys? Welcome back to the Bionic Podcast, episode number five, where I have on my stepsister, Danny Hines. For those of you who don't know, Danielle. Um, and yeah, welcome to the Bionic Podcast. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm very excited. <laughs> we have some really cool topics, guys. Um, Danielle is obviously a big part of Team Bionic. She is my sister. She has supported me in so many things that I've done growing up. So we're going to have Danielle on here to share some stories, to share a little bit about herself so that you guys can continue to meet Team Bionic. But of course, we always start the Bionic Podcast off with the mystery mugs. Uh, we're going to do a little toast. Cheers. And let's get right into it. Uh, I just want to welcome all of our listeners on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, as well as anybody watching the visual on YouTube. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We're going to get started with a nice, simple question. It's not really that simple, but um, <laughs> what I wanted to ask you about, um, which I mentioned on the podcast with your mom, was um, our blended family, like we like to call it, Blended 2.0, um, yeah. is something that we have at the house that we live in um, where we were blessed with the three of you guys coming from Newfoundland. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about what the transition was like from the move from Newfoundland to Ontario. Um, but the exact question is, um, what was it like in terms of like um, going to a new school and all that kind of stuff, having a new family, you know, like having a weird sister like Kat and <laughs> <laughs> a very loud brother, oh, you know, Kat. getting introduced to your life. What what was that like coming to Ontario? Wow. Yeah, that uh, that's a big question. I'd say, yeah, moving to Ontario is very big for me. I mean, growing up in Torbay, Newfoundland, it's a very small town for those of you that don't know. Um Everybody I went to elementary school with, you know, we were all born at the same hospital. Like mm -hmm, yeah. all of our family members pretty much knew each other if you're from Torbay. So, I mean, there wasn't really much culture outside of, you know, if you were like newfie, as we'd like to call like it. Small town vibes. Exactly. Yeah. So moving um, to Mississauga was huge. I mean, going to an elementary school where people were Croatian. I didn't even know where Croatia was, believe it or not. Like I was so isolated, so sheltered, right? Being from an island. So, yeah, moving to... Faustina, that's the elementary school I went to, where Jules and Kat also went to. Um, you know, you guys made it seem very seamless. I mean, you guys always involved me. And during recess, you know, if you guys are playing volleyball, you guys get me there. Mm -hmm. um, just because, yeah, it was really it was really intimidating at first. I mean, I was really excited to move. Don't get me wrong. I mean, knowing that I was going to have a new brother and a new sister, I was super excited. I remember Katerina and I, we were talking on the phone when I was living in Newfoundland, like talking about how we're going to organize our bedroom and like who's going to get the top bunk, who's going to get the bottom bunk, stuff like that. So that was really exciting. But I think once I actually moved, which I was 11 years old, by the way, for those of you that don't know. Um, yeah, it was really intimidating because I, I didn't know where to start. And I think moving to Mississauga it almost made me sort of go into like a shell where I was kind of more shy and moving into an Italian family as well. That was huge. I mean, I, you know, trying when, foods you've never tried exactly, before. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And Jules's dad, my stepdad now, Nick, he, he's a chef. So he always wanted me to try like tomatoes. Pressure feeding. Yeah. Pressure feeding. He always call said, it. do it to make me happy. Yeah. The guilt yeah. trip that Nick uses yeah. to get us to try food that nobody else would ever try exactly. in their house, but we yeah, have so. to try. Yeah, that was always really intimidating too. It actually got to the point where I'd literally crawl under the table because I'd be so intimidated. So that was a lot to adjust to. But yeah, now I'm super blessed to have that amazing food. I mean, thank you, Nick. He's a god. And but... and I think your palate has changed. Oh, like, 100%. Literally, yeah. Danny would like go nowhere near certain things. And all of a sudden, she's like eating all these odd foods out oh, that yeah. the normal household wouldn't even be eating anyways. But 
um yeah no that's cool so a little bit yeah. of mixed feelings like excitement mis- mixed with fear right like yeah. ultimately you were uh, in a completely different province halfway across the country yeah. literally, literally smack yeah. in the middle like halfway um so yeah no that's uh that's something that i think required a lot from a young person you mm-hmm. know what i mean like when you're if you're older and you're moving to like another province for a job or something like that like you're gonna go live in a condo you're older whatever but as a kid to get a kid to go from one way of life for so many years to just like Mm -hmm. pretty much a 180 because small town to big city kind of thing yeah it was like complete culture shock is what i would say and i mean i can't even imagine people who move from like different countries you know across the world Mm -hmm. kind of things even going from newfoundland to ontario like the culture shock was crazy i remember I think the first year I moved was like the Euro Cup and you guys were so ecstatic and you know, mm-hmm. like Italy's like in the world or like Euro Cup, whatever. And I was like, like what does that mean? Like I never it? watched like any soccer game like that because it was mostly hockey in my family, like in Newfoundland. Mm-hmm. So that was crazy. And I mean, also like my dad, he moved to Fort McMurray at the same time. So my dad was living in Alberta. We had just moved to Mississauga with a blended family. So there's a lot going on, mm-hmm. a lot to process at a young age. But it definitely, yeah, definitely built me to like who I am today. And I think without that move, I don't know. I don't know where I'd be, but I'm definitely thankful. And I mean, our family, we've it's been a strange time, obviously. Um, but we've definitely grown into an awesome family. And yeah, it's crazy. I can't I can't imagine like a life where I didn't know you. Like, it's I know. weird. You I know, know? it's really cool. And just to so show weird. you guys from my perspective, like, to get a, a, a new sibling at like uh, at an older age, like I was whatever you were eleven, so I was twelve. Twelve, yeah, twelve, thirteen. Yeah, yeah like I was grade seven, or I, you were you came in grade seven, correct? Yeah, yeah. So, so I was in grade eight. eight, and it was like cool because we did the transition of high school into high school together because we were only a year apart, <laughs> and then I went to Gonzaga, which we're gonna talk talk uh, talk about. What I want to talk to you first though is. Um, what are like some of the funny things that you experienced the change of what I have here is like Toronto slang, uh, certain things that stood out to you. Like, for example, like grocery stores were completely different. Like oh, the yeah. Toronto <laughs> slang, like what are some things that you can recall that was like, like complete, like just like what what's going on? Um, I would say, I mean, this one might seem kind of small, but I remember, I think it was the second day, I think, or first week that we had moved um, to Mississauga, my brother and I. So Johnny and I, you know, you, me and Kat, we walked over to Tim Hortons, which was like the plaza by our house. And, you know, Johnny and I go in there. We're just talking to the guy at the cash, you know, super friendly because everybody in Newfoundland knows each other, like at least in like small towns like Torbay. And uh, we went in there and we came out. We were talking to you and Kat. We're like, oh, yeah, buddy at the cash, you know, buddy at the cash who's saying this. And you and Kat were like, do you know that guy? Like, why are you calling him buddy? We're like, no, it's just buddy over there, you know, because like everybody you talk to in Newfoundland, it was just like, oh, buddy, like everybody was a buddy. You just called them by that yeah, name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you and Kat kind of just looked at Johnny and I so confused. And I was like, like, what's the matter with that? You know, I thought that's how everybody addressed like yeah, yeah, a stranger yeah. kind of thing. But you guys like quickly showed us that, you know, with a bigger city, a larger population, while it's it's still friendly, it's, it's obviously not the same approach because it's a much larger city. Mm-hmm um yeah so that was definitely where i kind of knew that that wasn't the slang around here and yeah, i remember like kat and i walking around like we're like churchill meadows that area and i was mm-hmm. you know anybody that walked by i'd say hi i'd be like oh like hi whatever how are you and kat was like why are you talking to that random guy walking down the street <laughs> there's a random yeah human being, but yeah. that was normal you know mm-hmm. it was normal in newfoundland uh, and so. that's why just to add to that like that's why it was super easy obviously for kat and i and my mm-hmm. dad to blend with you guys because you're just genuine nice people at the end of the day you know it's not like you're you know like 
not to be whatever, but some people in Toronto and the city, they have big egos or whatever. And, and it's, it is very different. Like I, I, I'd love to, whatever people are going to learn my opinion on this podcast, yeah. but you know, small town people are usually like a lot friendlier, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? A lot more approachable. So, uh, you know, it made it super easy for our entire family to just like get along. Everybody meshed very well. Yeah. We have a very good sense of humor. You guys have a great sense of yeah, humor. You know. So we all understood the same jokes, which like, you know, Sometimes I make jokes where everybody pauses and nobody like says anything, but it's okay. Um, but uh, yeah, no, that that's that's pretty funny because I I could remember that. Oh yeah. Um. So yeah. So the next thing I wanted to talk to you about because we were talking about the transition from elementary school to high school. So what was it like going to the same elementary school and then same high school as me? Because um, we 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 have to connect it back yeah. to. We do. We got to connect it back there. Yeah. Um, I would say for like elementary, I mean, there you still had the name like Jules Melly, you know? Yeah. People still knew. More like Jul- Giuliano. Yeah. I mean, it was school. maybe more Giuliano, yeah. but it kind of transitioned over there. But still, I was largely known, maybe not Jules' stepsister at the time, but Giuliano's stepsister, right? That was kind of the thing. And it was nice because that was able, like, you know, it was easier for me to sort of transition into elementary school because. You know, people are kind of like, okay, like, you know, she's not completely new around here. Like, mm-hmm. her yeah, siblings yeah, yeah, yeah. are around. Like, some, you know, people that, yeah. like, were, like, was at it the was school. It was, like, mutual, you know? you know? So, I, I felt more comfortable. So, that was really nice. But I think, yeah, going into high school, because you had already had, we're basically a year apart. We're, like, a yeah, year. Yeah, so you're a 99. I'm a 98 for everybody out there exactly, listening. Exactly, yeah. Just to give you guys context. Yeah, so you had, so when I was in grade 8, still on elementary school, Jules had a year at Joan of Arc to sort of, you know, really get his name there and, you know, get into like the hockey team at Joan, all that stuff. So by the time I got to high school in grade nine, Jules was in grade 10. Uh, you know, I thought that when people come up to, like, you know, try to like meet me, whatever, they'd be like, oh, like, what's your name? Like, and I'd be like, oh, I'm Danielle. But it was always coming up to me. Oh, so you're Jules, like Jules' stepsister, right? And I'd be like, it's like my name's Danielle, but yeah, I am Jules' stepsister, you know. So that, yeah, that was always a good one. But yeah, it was always known as just like Jules' stepsister. And then and, later on with Johnny and me, yeah, and then and Johnny. we all started hanging. Out. Like I started hanging out with the grade twelves and grade ten because. So the way it goes, guys, just to give you guys context as well, I was like to fill in the viewers. Jonathan's a ninety six. I'm a ninety eight. Danielle's a ninety nine, and Kat's a two thousand. So it's like boom, boom, boom. Like we're yeah. very, especially the three of us were like well, only one year apart. Yeah. Um, and then Johnny's two years older than me. So when I was hanging out with the grade twelves, Danny was in grade nine, and I was in grade ten. So, you know, like she had that like big brother presence at the school, which is yeah, cool. That, no, because, it was really nice. Yeah. And like the same thing I talked about in the episode with Kat. Like I, I also enjoyed being at school with mm-hmm. you guys because it was like, if anybody fucked with my sister, like I'll kill you kind of thing, you know, yeah. which is like, you know, obviously like, you know, being a protective person, I was always like, you know, I enjoyed being there because if I was at a different high school than either you or Kat and something happened and I, I couldn't be there or whatever, it would suck. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, but then I ended up leaving. It's true. I think that there, like, I, I mean, it's obviously really sad that like you had to go from Joan to Gonzaga, but I'm really happy that you were there for like that first like year in high school, you know, in grade nine. You're because, like adapting to things. Yeah. And... Well, because like I was like changing friends, like all that stuff, like some of my friends that I was really close with, they had gone to different high schools, you know, like one of my best friends, Olivia, she had ended up going to Gonzaga, not to Joan of Arc after elementary school. So a lot of that was really tough for me, you know, not having, you know, like my support system going into high school with me. Mm-hmm. So knowing that like you were there in grade 10 and like Johnny was there as well, like in grade 12, it was super comforting. And I mean, yeah, it made, I, yeah, it was just, I don't know, it made the transition transition really well. 
And yeah, I mean, it was sad to see you go, but you know, you, you were good at Zega do. too. Then Kat had you for I when fucking, she was in grade nine. I, so. I was, guys, you want to hear something crazy? I was, and, and for those of you that don't know, you'll learn this about me, is that I was on the like fourth or third line at Joan of Arc hockey, tier two, mm-hmm. like tier two, fourth line like you can't get lower than that we weren't even like a top three or five school like we weren't yeah, even that good t- in tier two or, and i'm playing on the fourth line so i'm like holy shit am i that bad of a hockey player so i'm like questioning myself like dude like you're, you must be garbage if you're at joan which is a, primarily a football school for those of you that don't know playing tier two hockey on the fourth line when i made the switch to gonzaga tier one we're in first place i'm on the first line and i'm leading the team in goals and I'm yeah. like, what, you know, so that was the reason why I left Joan of Arc. Uh, for those of you that don't know, like I would like mm-hmm. walk home by myself after school while all my friends went to football practice because my parents wouldn't allow me to play football because I was playing rep hockey. Mm-hmm. Right. So I did feel slightly isolated and, and oh, you sure. know, at Joan, like being yeah. the only guy not on the football team kind mm-hmm. of thing. And, and I was just like, you know what? I want to play good hockey and whatever. And I I didn't make it for any other reason than that. And a lot of people call me the op, (laughs) you know, for those of you that know, I am the, I'm considered the op because I went to the opposing school, um, for, you know, (laughs) obviously not personal reasons or anything like that. Uh, It was just more like to, to play some good hockey, but yeah. Then I had cat at that school. Cat would, cat would have went to Joan if I stayed there yeah right that's true so too. then like ended up like i know like it would have been nice if you guys went to school together but um yeah. we made the switch to gonzaga it is what it is shit happens um i wanted to go now into uh you going to brock yeah so <laughs> again to fill you guys in slightly uh i my oldest cousin christina is a 96 same age as jonathan she went to brock university i was the next one to follow i went there lived in village with the boys 510 forever <laughs> Uh, and, uh, and we, you know, had a good time, whatever. Uh, I ended up switching schools, but, uh, the year that I switched schools, I was still living in Thorold, which is primarily a Brock housing area for students. Um, so I was living in Thorold and Danielle and my other cousin, Julia, um, who are both the same age, ended up going to Brock. So what, when I was in Niagara, there was four of us there, all family, um, you know, seeing each other like at the bar at the club julia's birthday yeah um, i'm also gonna have julia on the podcast as well um you know popping bottles at the club dollar <laughs> beers with like my yeah. sister and my cousins it, it was actually really cool you know so i wanted to ask you why did you choose brock i choose brock um well i mean yeah you were i remember when i went for like a tour of brock you would live there at the time came mm-hmm. to visit village so that was nice i mean that gave a good little scope into what the campus was about um, but primarily I chose Brock because of their business co-op program. Um, so going out of high school, you know, I was really, I was actually interested in accounting, um, in grade 12, took a lot of accounting courses at Joan of Arc. Um, but then I started off with like general business in first year, which was super cool. Um, got in there and then I realized that I did not like accounting at all, sort of went into marketing and now that's what I'm majoring in. Um, but I chose Brock ultimately, yeah, because of the co-op program, I really wanted that work experience with my degree so that by the time I graduated, you know, I have that work experience to complement my education. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I just loved Brock. Like the moment I stepped on the campus, I kind of knew that's where I wanted to go. Like I, you know, I, I went to Laurier. It's like they like, send around here. It's like they send. <laughs> yeah. It was I'm full feeling sense. like I'm smelling a send <laughs> in this area. Like 
no oh, it's yeah. it's it is a good time no, and, but yeah and, but, i also no, need even, to be scented though that but the great. vibes of the campus like you were saying like yeah. you and stuff like that like brock has a cool library concept like the tower oh, and yeah, stuff Schmont like that tower. yeah they, they, tower. they have that they have a starbucks <laughs> in the library they have all these yeah. like cool little things that uh even for me when i went there it was like almost like a um like a division one not not to like it's exactly the same but it's almost yeah. like you're going to like ohio state or like yeah, something cool yeah, you know right? like and it gives you that vibe like yo mm-hmm. i'm at i'm at you yeah, i'm at school you know like yeah that, like uh yeah that i don't know what you want to call yeah, it like, I, frat, like i don't kind know kind of yeah i think for me it was like what was appealing is that it wasn't like stuck in a city like some universities that you'll visit you know their campus is just like placed amidst like a city and it's just like a lot of like hustle going on around it but what i liked about brock is that it was it's like isolated almost right mm-hmm. it's like you it's have campus. the campus yeah. there's like nature around it there's trails like you know they have like the unesco biosphere that you're in which is pretty cool so mm-hmm. you know i i think almost it was appealing to me because i came from newfoundland being somewhere where it was like you know very picturesque like very like open like not a lot of like city hustle going on mm-hmm. i think that's what appealed to me so is that plus the business program it just seemed like a fit perfect and yeah i don't know i'm so happy that i went to brock and i mean like you were also there too so it kind of goes back to you know how comforting it was to have you there when i was in grade nine in high school mm-hmm. it was also comforting to know that you were there when i was in first year and what's funny is that julia and i so jules's cousin are you telling the saint patrick story oh no not oh. that one but we'll go to that one next i was just saying that julia and i we became like best friends which is crazy mm-hmm. is that like your cousin on your yeah, mom's like side. Yeah, like Loki, my sister, and like Kat. Yeah. Sorry, because you guys are both my sister. Yeah, yeah. So Kat and Julia grew up as cousins, and we were all four of us are best friends. And then you kind of just got like yeah, tossed just into tossed the in group. There. Yeah, like That's I remember cool. we were on like camp, like both on campus frosh week, and we bumped into each other. And then from there, we just became like best friends, which is so cool because then, you know, I also had that support system as and well. And you also ended up moving in with her after yeah. Uh, residence. Yeah, then we like, moved in together. And yeah, now my uncle best will, like drive you to school. Your yeah. mom drive Julia to school. Like that. Yeah, it was yeah. Yeah, it was actually really cool. And now awesome. um, when my cousin does come over, not because of COVID, not during COVID, um, but, you know, it's, it's nice because it's like, um, I have my sister and my cousin just here at the same time. And it's, it's chill because like I said, we all yeah. grew up as best friends. That's why Christina and Julia are coming on the podcast uh, <laughs> very up. soon. Um, stay tuned for that. Um, and yeah, the, I wanted to um, talk to you about, you know, yeah. So you, you touched about how marketing is your thing now. Yeah. So I also want to give you some praise as well for the oh um, thing that you <laughs> won. The, uh, oh the, yeah the dobson case competition yeah so to explain to them what that was all about yeah well it, w- it was interesting this year because it was all virtual but the dobson case competition is basically you know you apply into it with it's two to four partners um and they give you a case so this year it was on crocs uh business model and how crocs is basically gonna you know the, capture the attention of the gen z uh the, the sort of demographic right yeah to get the gen z's you know really on to the brand and to you know build more brand awareness um so that was this year's uh topic for the case competition but basically you write up a proposal um to you know get into the case competition uh luckily my uh partner and i graceland we got chosen as one of the top three people you know chosen to i think 10 people submitted a proposal so we were one of the top three um so we did that proposal together just her and i and then yeah we had to make a 20 minute video pitch going through you know why why we decided to come up with these three like TikTok challenges for crocs and all that stuff um yeah we kind of just developed like a whole marketing plan throughout a whole fiscal year for crocs 
And yeah, we made a really cool, fun, like graphic video for them. And then there was, I think there was about four judges on the Microsoft Teams call and they all gave like the three teams feedback on our videos, you know, what they liked about our pitch, what they recommend kind of thing. And then, yeah, we ended up winning first place. It came with prize money as well, which is super exciting. Came around Christmas time, which is also good. Um, but yeah, so that it was really can cool. I, can yeah. I say how much it was? I think so. I think it's fine. It's a thousand dollars. Yeah, right? it was. A, it was two thousand dollars for the first place winner. One free, a thousand dollars each. Yeah. So, yeah, and and the reason why I wanted to bring that up is because you and Kat, and so this is something that I I always envy and look up to as well is that you guys got grants, bursaries <laughs> for university, like thousands of dollars off of your tuition and competitions like for example that for example cat got um a check for high school for doing a certain thing right so you guys yeah. ha you guys use your uh your smarts and your intelligence to you know not not to make yourselves money because obviously at the end of the day a career <laughs> makes you money based for off sure. your education but you guys go that extra distance to get you know like um prizes and to win things and to yeah. to have to win awards like that's really cool and i i think um i was there the day like when you actually got it in your account and like, yeah to were. see how happy you were i was like oh my was god so like happy. she just got a thousand dollars like <laughs> that like just obviously not like that you did a lot of work yeah. on the proposal the presentation and all that stuff but at the end of the day you are um excelling in your program so mm -hmm. that's why um i always want to throw in education oh, in thanks. here because um you know you're in your fourth year right so when anybody that's watching this that's either younger or that might be like you know thinking about what they want to do that might be in a general business or whatever you know i like i want to give insight to people and you didn't have to follow the marketing route but the sure. you getting a thousand dollars shows that it's for you yeah you know what i definitely. mean like you won the competition because you're good at this you know mm -hmm. what i mean like yeah you, definitely so that that's really cool to see is that you made the right choice in what you're studying you enjoy it you're passionate mm -hmm. about it and now you're excelling and it's and it's showing in like fucking cash prize yeah. money why not <laughs> you know what i mean like that's awesome oh yeah um so yeah let's um let's move on to the next topic i wanted to again the second half of the uh, first half of the podcast serious life yeah, questions know. education questions <laughs> but then with the whole meat team bionic thing like everybody knows we're gonna get to know me through my family so the next question i have for you is what is something that i've done that you'll never forget in oh, your life God. i mean well there are many things but i think one thing we spoke about it earlier but uh i'd say what was it? it was last summer it was when you started working at lifetime yes so another thing too rachel yeah. <laughs> Ra my girlfriend worked at lifetime athletics which is a massive gym off of the 403 at winston churchill for those yeah. of you that don't know if you work out you know where the, what lifetime is um but rachel was working there and then she got uh my sister a job and then danielle got a job so my girlfriend and my two sisters were all working <laughs> at the same place like hanging awesome out awesome for you yeah like <laughs> hanging out all the time uh whatever it was awesome for me to be honest i would like, like gym access. yeah go in for free <laughs> come downstairs get a smoothie for free uh rachel's like these are the uh salads that expired today we can't sell them here's like four salads for free i'm like <laughs> okay bless like all the little hacks you know like yeah. if something goes bad it's not actually bad it's one day bad but they can't sell it i got it i was like yeah. amazing the gains oh my god sauna steam room all those things oh, we yeah. lived a great life we like, did for that little bit of yeah, period of time that was a there good summer. that was great so yeah um yeah i think that, yeah that so was yeah around that time yeah it was around that time and that actually gets right into it because when i got the job at lifetime through cat shadow cat 
um, you know, I wasn't really, I, I wouldn't call myself very healthy at the time. You know, I was, uh, I know I wasn't really like, I wasn't on like a proper, like diet or anything. I wasn't working out actively. Um, but I was really excited to get the job because then I'd have the facility to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was excited to work out lifetime, you know, start working out, maybe work out with like Rachel and Kat, you know, learn from them because they were both like really into fitness at the time and they still are. Um, so that was super exciting. So then I approached Jules, you know, asking him for a meal plan and a fitness plan at the same time. Cause I was really hoping to, you know, even just like get healthier. It wasn't so much about like my image entirely. It was more about like feeling good about myself as well. Like, you know, when you're not eating well, you don't feel well. And mm-hmm. I wanted to feel better overall. Um, so yeah, I approached him for both of those and I was, I was pretty good on the meal plan at the beginning. You know, I prepped everything with Nick, chef Nicolo there. We, uh, prepped yeah. all the meals. Yeah, He's like, let me make this stuff taste good for Daniel. Yeah. So, you know, yeah Cause <laughs> like the white fish, if everything. you fucking eat the oh food God. the way I eat it, it's just not sustainable. Yeah, it, yeah. it did not. Yeah. So that, that was good to have Nick there to make it taste, you know, more, more appetizing, but yeah, so I was doing all that. I had the meals prepped, you know, I was doing the workouts with Kat at the gym. Sometimes Rachel would pop in as well. Um, but one day I was really craving a carb. You know, you get those days where you just want a good carb, like whether it be like mashed potatoes or like a Montreal bagel, a you white know, bread. You yeah. Know, like you want like the that. carb. So Jules was at his dad's at a, a dad's house at the time, which is where I live. Um, and I heard him go downstairs and I was like, okay, this is a perfect time for me to go into the freezer because we freeze our bread and get the Montreal bagel, put it in the toaster, which was in the garage at the time, and just eat it real quick without, you know, Coach Melly noticing. Well, and another part of the story (laughs) is that our house was, our kitchen was getting renoed. Yes. So, like, the microwave, the toaster, like, all the kitchen stuff was in our garage, and my room is the basement. So... My, I, I, when I'm in my room, I could hear when people go oh, in and out of the garage. Yeah. Right. Okay, so you can go continue. Yeah. So, you know, I was stupid. I was like, hey, if he's downstairs, he won't hear me go in the garage and put the bagel in the toaster because our kitchen was basically in the garage. So, you know, I went in there, had the butter ready and everything. I was ready to muck this bagel. Like I was craving a carb so bad. So I was eating like green beans, like sweet potato and like white <laughs> fish for like six days. And I just wanted like a little cheat. But I knew you'd say no. So I snuck in there and I had the bagel and the toaster and I heard footsteps like I and I know when they're your footsteps like you know when you just know someone's footsteps I was like fuck like here he's like he's coming (laughs) and then you open the door and you're like what's that and I was like what I'm like it's fine and you're like that's not a rice cake and I was like fuck and then yeah then the bagel popped and I wasn't allowed to eat it. And no, you had it, it was made. It, and this oh, is yeah, why the story is funny. Was it made at that point? It was made and it was in a paper towel in her <laughs> yeah. hand. No, and she was about to like walk out and she had this face like, oh my God. And and I caught her in the act. And <laughs> when I asked about the rice cake, I snagged it out of her hand and yeah. I just ate the bagel. And he ate it in front of me. Like the savage he is, but it's fine. <laughs> you know, it, it kept me on it though. It kept me on the plan. Because realistically, yeah. to put it in perspective for you guys, I am so macro oriented. You guys have no idea. When I eat things, like the numbers are like clicking in my head. So a bagel is like 30 to 40 (laughs) to 50 grams of carbs for one bagel, depending on the brand and whatever. A rice cake is seven grams of carbs. You can eat like five to six rice cakes and you'll be so full after the third one. You won't want another one. But the bagel is like 
you eat a bagel and then you eat, can eat another one and that's oh, like easy. 60 grams of carbs <laughs> yeah. versus like 21 you know yeah. so it makes such a big difference especially because it was at night and that's why i did it yeah, it's because true. carbs that's I get hungry if you were <laughs> if you were maybe midday and you're like i'm gonna do a massive leg workout and whatever i'd nope. be like you know what <laughs> maybe eat the bagel probably i would say still no um but you know because it was at night i was like no and i wasn't dieting so i just fucking smashed this yeah, bagel yeah, right in front of me right in front of you i know that was kind <laughs> of a slight dick bad, move slight dick move but it kept me on track though it did and to this day i've lost over 10 pounds guys so we're getting there i mean i'm not on a meal plan now you know i kind of eat in moderation no, but i work out at, like often but i think so. like got me in the mindset this will this will transition to the last question of the pod but yeah what i think is that when i started competing and kind of showing that sacrifice where i'm like i'm not gonna eat you know that treat or that family dinner or and you guys all saw me miss out on so many things mm -hmm. right like homemade pasta homemade pasta so much so many that's like the and the thing, thing is is like at my mom's and my grandmother's house it's like all oh, this feel-good homemade food that i'm missing out on bread and all these things and then at my dad's house it's like this gourmet um international cuisine <laughs> that like i'm missing out on yeah, and right. i'm about to do it again um but obviously in a in a, in a different way i have yeah. a couple different tricks up my sleeve the air fryer Ooh. the air fryer low, that's low key, that's gonna help me um but you know i think my family seeing that um really changed everybody's habits you know mm -hmm. my dad oh, my dad was like for a couple of years not going to the gym all of a sudden he is at la fitness doing full body workouts working yeah. out all the time uh danielle and kat both went through their journeys after first year oh and God, instead yeah. of like <laughs> letting things get progressively worse throughout their four years of university they're now looking towards the end of their university careers mm -hmm. um you know in good shape uh in a routine you, you exercise like multiple times a week mm -hmm. cat exercises multiple times a week um nick louise everybody lives a healthy lifestyle and we eat very well in we terms do. of like um, clean meals, right? Like we only eat like on the weekends. Nick will make something indulging with butter yeah, or whatever. Yeah, good. You know? Like everything in moderation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's something that I think that I've created also for myself. It, and, and with coaching people, is it has to be all about balance. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And, and if you're too strict then that causes relapse. If you're too lenient, mm -hmm. that causes relapse as well. So yeah. you have to find that healthy medium where you can enjoy a, 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 a bagel during the week if you're <laughs> going to exercise and whatever. You know, I was probably yeah. a bit of a dick back then, but... No, but I, I think I needed that at the time. I think it was like almost too lenient where like I needed that discipline to get me where I am today. Although at the time I was sad, I'm happy she now. Went to her bed. Oh, what was the other joke we used to make? This one was really funny. Oh, eat your sleep? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that one will stick with me. I always say that now. Sometimes you just got to eat your sleep, guys, okay? Yeah. Sometimes, Sometimes you just got to. If you know that you've had a full day's worth of food, you're over 2,000 <laughs> calories, you, you've eaten well all night, and it's like 1030 or that, you know, that time that in between you going to bed and dinner, and it's like, you know, sometimes you need to just be like, it's okay to like drink some water and go to bed mm -hmm. you know what i mean and, and another thing too is you, you also get more sleep when you're health conscious like that because you you're go. going to bed earlier because you don't want to snack right mm -hmm. so and if the difference between you not snacking is going to bed at 10 30 instead of staying up until midnight watching tv you because yeah. <laughs> from 10 30 to 12 you'll probably want to snack if you're watching shows and oh, movies and stuff you know yeah. what i mean so that was the joke back in the day <laughs> was eat your sleep eat and your then sleep. come 
come mid February, I'm about to eat my sleep a whole lot there when I'm go. when I'm prepping for my bodybuilding, right? So oh my God, that's yeah. a really good fresh reminder for me. Sometimes it's okay to eat your sleep. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes you know two on your pillow. <laughs> it's probably tasty. Yeah, it's good. Protein, it's there. Anyway, so uh <laughs> the last question I wanted to ask, which is a question that everybody's gonna get. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your favorite part about Team Bionic? Oh, I mean, well, favorite part. I have a lot of favorites, but I would say that my favorite part, I mean, this is more on you, but is how personable you are like on your social media accounts, you know, with fitness. I mean, like for me, like, you know, I'll look at different fitness videos, like through like my explore page on Instagram. And a lot of them, like, you know, you can see that like the people aren't being transparent or they're not personable, but I feel like with you, you're very genuine and you're very open, you know, with your clients or anyone who's going to, you know, come onto like the Instagram page for Bionic, right? So like, I just, yeah, I think my favorite part is how open and honest and genuine that you are with everyone that's a part of the team. And yeah, that we can all just be there. We're all like working together, you know, it doesn't feel like, like, I don't know, it feels like we're all on the same level, you know, mm-hmm. and like, I like how, how educated you are as well. I mean, like, I've learned a lot from you, even just going over Thank the macro you. count there. Like I've already, you know, that was kind of a refresh. <laughs> so yeah, I think my favorite part for myself is like learning a lot from you. You know, even if I'm not with you, if you're at your mom's house, I'm at your dad's, it's like on the Instagram account, like I'll, I'll see a video of a circuit and I'm like, oh, maybe I'll try that, you know? So I know that was kind of a lot there, but yeah, favorite part is how no, personable and genuine you are with fitness. Cause I know it can be a big journey for a lot of people, everyone almost, right? Like it was a big journey for me. And I think, yeah, I'm still on my journey and you being personable and genuine has just made it a lot easier. So I appreciate yeah, that because of course, no, yeah. honestly, I really appreciate that because in the fitness industry, like there's, there is a, like, it's sad to say, but there's a lot of like superficial people mm-hmm. that oh, are like all yeah. about the way that they look and them, mm-hmm. them, them and whatever. And I was, and I saw that and I was like, you know what? I don't want to be just the next guy, like flashing my abs on yeah. Instagram and <laughs> exactly. being that person, which is why I went to school for it, which is why I like took mm-hmm. it seriously. and wanted to make it professional because I think that the fitness industry slightly lacks that personable figure like yeah and i noticed that as well you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. people are just like it's all about what they're doing and hey look at what i'm doing hey look at me look at me look at me you know but realistically if you're in the fitness industry it should be to help people you know like there's some guys that are out there that just want want a sponsorship and just want this and that whatever and when i was a young kid that's what i thought i wanted but as i grew up and i grew older and i finished school and i realized like it's more about and that's why on bionic if you scroll back it used to be videos of me demonstrating things Mm -hmm. but then i changed it at a certain point a couple years ago to be like this should only be about the people you know what i mean yeah you know like it's not about Mm -hmm. me it's about bettering other people it's about their progress it's about what they're accomplishing behind the scenes Mm -hmm. as they're working hard so i'm like you know what like you gotta tuck your ego aside sometimes you know and like to do what I do to be a bodybuilder takes slight ego, but I don't want to be that as a human being. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I want to yeah. be an approachable personal trainer that when people see like, oh, I want to start a fitness journey, right? Yeah. If you were like, oh my God, Jules is going to just be an asshole to me and he's not going to fucking <laughs> yeah. help me at all. Like why would you sign up with Team Bionic? You no, know what exactly. I mean? But for you to be like, you know what, what Jules did help me or whatever, mm-hmm. like that's kind of what drives Team Bionic is yeah. is hearing things like that so i really appreciate that yeah definitely and i I, now that i think about it it's like i'm asking people what their favorite part about team bionics is not to pump my own tires or whatever but like you just said it was like a refresher that's a refreshment to me to to know that 
um, to the general public, I it looks like I am trying to help people because that's really all it is. Like no, and it does, and I, I think seeing you know other people that you've helped, like making it more about like you know your clients and the people, it's motivating to others as well. You know, like even though like you know I see you like all the time like even just scrolling through instagram like you know seeing other people's like transformation or seeing like how they're doing how clients are doing and stuff like that it motivates me as well i'm like you know what that's possible that was possible through you you know so i think that's pretty cool that's cool yeah that's that's really what it's all about is motivating others making sure that Mm -hmm. other people um and that's just something that i'll just touch on quickly but there's a big difference and i learned this in school i I learned a lot of things in niagara i love college like it was that was the best thing that ever happened to me was going from kin to just a phys ed uh, it's not phys ed it's phys, uh, fitness and health promotion yeah. but um for me it's the biggest thing that stood out to me was the difference between self-esteem and self-efficacy so your self-esteem is what you perceive yourself to be and, and your confidence that shines through that mm-hmm. and then your self-efficacy is your uh, uh, your ability to believe that you can accomplish something yeah right so if you if you believe in your heart like i can do this you know what i mean and it's and, huge yeah. yeah exactly versus like it's not about self-esteem it's not about the way you look it's not about the scale number it's not about any of that shit yeah. you know what i mean it's about can i do this mm-hmm. you know what i mean and it, it might come with like a number of pounds lost or it might come with like a certain uh weightlifting like i want to squat this amount yeah. or whatever it, it could be um like a number but at the end of the day it's more about like your belief system in yourself to do mm-hmm. that and you believed in yourself yeah, you were at the gym i would go up and in, in upstairs at lifetime and i would find her on the bike doing her bike sprints oh and, God, yeah. and doing all these things that it takes you know what i mean and nobody asked you Sweating right so much <laughs> did anybody ask you to say hey danny you should like go on this fitness journey or no, no no whatever it came out of you it did yeah and i think that's such a good way to put it too it's like i don't like i don't work out to lose weight or to like look a certain way i think a lot of it I, i've explained this to your dad before too like i just want to be strong you know like i, I don't know i just love like yeah you independent know, like, ass woman girl it, you yeah, know girl. like i love being strong like feeling the muscle like i don't know it's just like it's so cool it's like i don't know if you know, I'm like 21 you know, years old. It's like, why don't I get jacked? You, you know, know what it is too, though? There, there's something about like putting in the work and then mm-hmm. seeing the results. You know, yeah, that, sometimes oh, at yeah. work, sometimes so I work in a corporate world or wherever you are that you're working, a retail, corporate, whatever, you'll do a bunch of stuff and your boss might not even give you the recognition. Yep. Mm-hmm. You might just be totally ignored. But in fitness, if you do bicep curls, your biceps are going to grow. Yeah, man. If you do bicep curls and you eat protein, your biceps are going to grow even more, (laughs) you know? So it's like, it's, it's almost instant. Obviously it's not instant. You're not going to achieve your goals instantly, but the results happen because it's just the way that exercising works. If you do cardio, you'll lose weight. If you lift weights, you'll gain muscle, you know, and it's cool because what me experiencing that at a very young age at like 13, 14 years old, when I first started working out, I, I knew that I love that more than hockey. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? There's that like, and it was like I I played hockey for so many more years as I was actually like bodybuilding, mm-hmm. but I didn't realize that like this I wanted to just share that with people. I wanted to be like, yo, if you do this, you can achieve anything you want. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then another cool thing I I believe and we'll end it on this note is that you can take that anywhere with you in life. You know, anywhere, and I yeah. right like I hope that that's what people are learning through Team Bionic and through the podcast through share, you sharing your story about finding fitness is that if you 
can conquer your mind and your body and your nutrition and mm -hmm. what you put into your body it will reflect on the rest of your life because when you face things in the in the workplace or in in, in general life you'll be like you know what I, i can do this you know it has increased your self-efficacy oh 100 right? i love the way you put that that's so good yeah you know yeah. And, that, and that's really what team bionic is all about and i've never had a goddamn platform to say nothing and now you do and now this is Look what this, this is all about yeah, you know this is awesome so, so I, and i think that having my family i'll say it again is the most important thing mm -hmm. you guys have molded me especially my siblings like all of you i'd love to have johnny yeah. on when the lockdown's over and everything Definitely. um but you know w what we grew up and what we experienced as kids has shaped us day by day to kind of where yeah. we are today you know oh so my God. yeah totally especially with nick oh yeah <laughs> yeah exactly especially growing up Definitely. with a parent like nick so yeah. um thank you so much for coming on the podcast oh, this is a great fun. episode uh let's um reveal let's do a handshake first thank you so much and that we're gonna reveal to you guys what's in the mystery mugs um it tastes so good i love this it's stuff. so good okay yeah there it is. Little Cotty Springs, guys. We're going to do a last toast. Thank you so much, Danny, for coming uh, on. We'll do a quick chug. Me. No problem. Chug. That's going to be two chugs. Yeah, you, you, you know we go to Brock. Yeah, All right, guys. <laughs> Thank you so much for anybody still tuning in right now. We love you guys. Um, any of the listeners on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, any viewers on YouTube, thank you guys so much for tuning into the podcast. You have no idea what it means to me, um, especially the fact that everybody's showing an interest in my family. You know, like it's not like I'm having these famous people um, that I know or whatever on the podcast. Like, yeah, it's genuinely people wanting to know what Team Bionic is all about. And I really hope that um, this episode, just like all the other ones, has helped you guys learn a bit more about Team Bionic. Oh, so, yeah, that's me. Thank you so <laughs> much again, everybody, for listening. Danny, thanks for coming on. Aww, thanks for having me. And this is fun. We'll catch you guys later on the next episode. Peace. Peace out, dudes.